Welcome to another episode of Build Your Authority with me, Fergus Matheson. Today's guest is Keith Blakeman-Noble. Thank you so much for joining me today, Keith. Thank you so much for having me, Fergus. How's it going? Brilliant. So is it possible to briefly introduce yourself and to introduce your fantastic book? Sure, yeah. Um, I mean, gosh, where to begin? So uh, I'm Keith Blakeman-Noble. I help people transform their lives and basically i'm a coach uh nlp hypnosis hypnotherapist coach and i've been doing this for 11 years focusing on helping people uh overcome fears and, and phobias before that i worked in it i worked in it for about 20 years um which was great because i personally used to be painfully shy which is one of the reasons i, I settled into it and it's also one of the reasons i end up doing what i do now because uh, things came to a head at one point. I had a panic attack. I decided I had to do something about it because you can't go through life terrified of speaking with strangers. That's where I discovered NLP and hypnosis, used it to sort myself out. And I now uh, was made redundant from uh, my IT position at that point, given a big wheelbarrow full of cash, told never to come back. I'm like, right, okay, let's do coaching now. Because I found I was, I was good at it. Ended up traveling the world for a bit, working with... A lot of interesting people around the world settled back in the northeast of Scotland, where I was born and grew up. And, um, yeah, I've been uh, coaching people ever since, using things like Zoom and Skype and so on before that, long before the pandemic, was doing it all online. Um, and, yeah, so that, that's me. And the book, The Masks We Wear, is nothing to do with COVID, absolutely nothing to do with COVID, <laughs> probably the wrong time for it to come out. But it is all about those metaphorical masks that we all wear. And it's partly based on my own journey and also bringing in stuff that um, has come up when I've been working, working with other people over the, over the past 11 years. I know this wasn't your um, first book. So was, was this easier to write now with the knowledge that you'd accumulated through the other books that you, you've written? Yeah, uh, this one... This one was a lot easier for, for a few reasons. One was, um, so I've done the four Winning in Life and Work books and going through the process of creating all of those books, um, I've now got a much deeper understanding of, of both the writing process. So many people think it's write the book and then publish it. But writing the book is actually the, just the first step and often the easiest bit. You've then got editing it, revising it, and then you go through the whole uh, publishing process so i've kind of refined that having gone through the others this book i never never actually intended to write this book but it kind of just happened during lockdown um i'm in a, an online i'm in a, a network organization and they came online because of lockdown so i was able to join in a lot more i did a lot of uh, talks you know the 20 minute talk that you, you get to do in in um in network meetings so i my decision uh, my, my thought process is you know what if i'm going to be in a meeting i want to be the person speaking for 20 minutes rather than the person who just says what they do for one minute so i developed my talk uh toured it around loads of the loads of the meetings got lots of good responses from it i had people saying oh you should turn this into a book because there's, there's always more than you can you can cram into the into 20 minutes i was thinking yeah i don't know but there's only so many times that can happen people saying you need to make this a book before you go you know what i give up i'll write it as a book okay just stop it so uh, i had nothing else to do because 
it was during the first part of the first lockdown. Um, uh, we, were, we were all on furlough, nothing to do. It was like, you know what? Let's write this as a book. So I sat down, started writing the book, and three months later had the book actually published and launched and on sale, which was uh, pretty fast, I have to say. Uh, it's, it's a lot faster than any of the others I've done, a lot faster than any other book I will do. Although in part, I guess the book has been sort of in development for eight years, really, because I can trace it all the way back to some talks that I started doing about eight years ago, and it's kind of grown and evolved in, in that time. So it took three months to create publish, but it took eight years to get to that point. So this has been more of a like a journey. This book has been more of a journey than the others. Yeah, 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 very much so, very much so. It's, it's been... As I was writing the introduction for it, sort of letting people know the story of how this this whole thing came about, it was quite interesting to just sort of pause and look look back and reflect on, wow, I could trace it right the way back to that first talk I did there, that comment from a person there, and it's all kind of grown and, and evolved and turned into this. It, it was, yeah, it was quite interesting just tracing back the whole history of it because if I'd written, set out to write this book way back when I first did the talk, it would have been a very different book. So and did you did you find that easier? Because obviously we we see things even in our minds as pictures, don't we? Did you find that easier to do it that like have it from your experiences rather than writing on a subject? Yeah, I mean, I, I I've I've always loved writing. When I when I was at school um, in English classes, my favourite bit was when we would write stories. Uh, and so on. So I've always, always loved writing. Growing up, I wanted to be an author when I was, when I, when I was a kid. That's one thing I really wanted to be was an author. Uh, I wanted to be a fiction author. Still not cracked that yet. But you never know. One day, one day. Um, and then in tech side of things, a lot of the stuff I used to write a lot of um, instruction guides on how to use particular parts of the, the systems that we had making them as, as easy for people to, to follow, not, not uh, full of technical jargon. Um, and then obviously uh, doing what I do these days, we all have to pr produce so much content. So we've got lots of written content in blogs and then the other books. So writing this, yeah, it was, yeah, I, I, I would say it was, it, was a, it was fairly easy because I guess I put in all the, all the work and the practice in the past. So now I've got the, the ability to do all that writing the message then comes along, the two then join together. Right, I've got the message. I know the technical side of how to write it all. Bam, let's let's do it. So yeah, it worked. It worked quite easily that way. And was that was that quite refreshing with the with the process? If you've been like bogged down before with like sort of writer's block and that that kind of thing, or um, well, with it with the other books. I uh, so the other books I've got I brought brought together lots of different different authors to each contribute like 20 30 pages each uh, to, to to the book so a lot of the effort that I put into that book was getting everybody together keeping everybody on track oh, I have to say it's like herding cats when you've got like a dozen different authors you're trying to steer everybody in the, in the one direction and they're all scattering off in a million different directions so I had all of those challenges this time it was really refreshing in the in that there was just me there was no having to work with lots of other people and, and guide people into the same direction and it, it was just it was me this was my deadline I know what I have to do 
bam, and do it. So from that perspective, it was a really refreshing, refreshing change. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it so much. So I've now actually got three other books in various stages of development. So I guess that's, that's publishing for the next decade sorted out. <laughs> it gets quite addictive. So you've, so by doing that and by starting like with those previous three and this one, it's almost opened you up to a, a different different way you can put process your thoughts and and obviously different areas where you can can make this thing work with bigger and get your authority out there more yeah um and it's interesting you say that it's, it's opened up the, the the way in which i work and gather these things together because in the past you, know, you, you write blogs or you do talks or whatever it's like right that's written done move on to the next thing move on to the next thing now I, mean, I, I joke I've got these three other books at various stages of development but what it does mean is when I'm creating content when ideas come up I, I create it for the talk or for the blog or, 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 or whatever and also there's that oh I can see how that would fit in with that book so there's some more stuff that we, we pop into the folder with that book so when you're creating content it's not just for one off it's hey we can reuse this the normal repurposing you know do your blog your your, your video and your, and your quotes but also it then becomes part of something bigger and in the process the fact that this book is being created means you also get other ideas linked to the content which then sparks off other ideas for standalone blogs etc so it becomes a, a really rich breeding ground for, for ideas and for content which becomes thematically linked together which i think makes it uh, all the all the stronger so when people come across a blog uh, the post that you've done and then they check out some of your other stuff it's not a whole bunch of random things the stuff thematically linking it together even though it could be covering lots of different topics there's still that overarching theme which links it together which helps make it more sense and um, appeals more to people I think definitely and you've got that live feedback haven't you like as in you know if this works or that works you almost tested the water of of and done a bit of marketing already Absolutely. I mean, it's speaking, speaking and deli delivering your content live, if, if at all possible, get out there and do that because you get so much good feedback from people. I mean, you, you can immediately see whether something hits home or whether you're just staring at a row of blank faces and going, what does that mean? Like, okay, that's something I need to explain a bit better. And also you'll get questions from people afterwards who are very often will ask about things that you've never considered, which gives you a lot more, um, uh, lot more areas to consider, a lot more um, content. And I would say a good half of this book came up as a result of the conversation that I had with people after the talks that I've done and their, their thoughts, their questions, things that I would never have thought of otherwise, which then spark a, a whole new avenues to explore. But it's definitely, it's, it's that interactivity, it's that feedback, it's just seeing what works, what doesn't, which bits of message people want more of, which bits need further explanation, which let you create something that's a lot more well-rounded and serves the audiences far, far better as a result. How does that, how does that change from like speaking on stage to actually writing it in a book? Does that mean that you're, you're um, when you're on stage, you're speaking you're obviously speaking to that one person who's at the back of the room, but in the book, it's supposed to be like 
an it's quite an intimate thing isn't it right writing a book for that one individual or or does that not matter so much great question i mean yes when you're speaking i mean it's one of the things when i in days when i used to teach people speaking is always think of your audience as one single person so even if it's things like don't go on stage and hello everyone nice to see all of you here it's, it's going to say hey hello nice to see you here because when you say when you talk to everyone and see all of you here it, it's kind of oh yeah we're just part of a crowd and it's easy to switch off but when when the speaker engages hey it's nice to see you here i'm glad you came here it's like me oh i mean we know they're talking to everyone but psychologically it, it, it kind of hooks us hooks us in so when you're speaking on stage although you're speaking to dozens hundreds thousands whatever of people always feel that you're addressing one particular person they just see it, they're just there in a thousand different bodies but you're addressing one particular person with the book i, t- I did take that even further when, when whenever i'm writing i always have one single reader in in mind so i'm writing as if there is only the one reader the one person who's going to read this and i'm fo- focusing everything on that person I, i'm when I'm writing, I always think of them as, and if, if I'm, even though it doesn't make it into the, the book, I'll even say, so dear reader, what would you most like to know about this part of the topic? And then come up with some thoughts. Right. Okay. Right, dear reader, here we go. And then start writing it, writing it just for that one specific person. Because even more so with, with a book, when someone's reading a book, it is just one person that's reading it. They're not reading it with lots of other people. So you really read need to make sure you are really addressing that one individual and it really helps form that deeper far deeper connection uh, between the reader and the author and it does become a really intimate and, and personal connection there when you when you really go for it and i suppose it comes down to like even like sort of swear words or slang or or whatever that is of controlling that language to that to that age group or, or or person demographic whatever that is to get that finely tuned yeah yeah again i mean slang would slang would be a good uh, uh good um what am i trying to say here fergus yeah slang will be a good <laughs> uh, a good um consideration i mean if, if you're writing young uh young adult fiction for example you're going to use particular types of slang terminology which you're not using if you're writing for say retirees for example you're going to have different and um i mean obviously the book isn't going to be completely slang it's going to be fairly standard normal language but there will be slang terminology and there'll be uh pop culture references and so on and even that can be really important to have your specific reader in mind because if you're throwing in pop culture references that are just going to go way over their head they're going to be really going what the heck are they on about but when you when you get it that it's something that your target demographic are really going to get they go oh yes i know exactly what you mean there it really helps helps that that connection so yeah you're absolutely right there for sure how do you keep the interest how do you keep the reader interested from like the the top of the page to the bottom of the page or through the pages good question good question um i mean with with fiction it's easy it's in some ways it's easier because you can throw in twists and you can throw in all, all this sort of stuff slight perhaps slightly harder with non-fiction work and i think 
we can probably all think of non-fiction books we've read where we've gone, oh, that was a slog. <laughs> Give up. Um, but it's 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 about uh, realizing that you're not just giving you're not just giving facts and figures. You're not just citing here's loads of facts, loads of figures. Get on with it. It's personalizing it. It's bringing it to life. It's bringing bits of you into it. Now, spoken language and written language are different. They are two different languages, even though they share a very, very similar vocabulary. They are two different languages. And you, you can get a great example of that if you read a transcript. If you read a transcript of this, um, this, this recording for this episode, for example, it wouldn't read right. It sounds right when we hear it, but if you read just a verbatim transcript, it would sound a bit, it would seem a bit off. You, you would want to change, change the wording so it comes across as a, as a written style. So when you're, when you're writing the books or when you're uh, presenting factual information, add context to it, add intrigue to it. Also kind of flag up that there's more to, to be coming, uh, sorry, more to be coming a, a bit later. Um, so, I mean, you might be talking about something. I say, of course, there are two other reasons why this, this really must be done. We'll look at those in a minute, but first let's have a look at how we do this. And that's kind of flying up to the, oh, okay, so there is more coming on. And it's also in a way anticipating the questions that your reader is gonna have. If you can anticipate the question a few sentences before they get the question, you can then be making sure that by the time they're thinking the question, you're already starting to address that question, which means they're gonna feel really good about it. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I get it. This person knows exactly what I'm thinking. I really like this. They're, they're, I had that exact question and they're answering it. This is really good. And it will really help to, to, to keep them engaged. Um, what you don't want is their mind wandering off in a, a dozen different ways. So by keeping a really, really clear picture of, of this specific reader in mind, almost imagining that you're, you're having a conversation with, with that reader, what are the sorts of things they're going to be saying? What, what do they want to know? Why do they want to know it? That is a really important thing, which so many forget. Yes, you're telling me all this stuff. Why? Why do I care? Why is it irrelevant to me? Oh, oh, that's why. Right. Yes. Got it now. I mean, it's the same with, uh, with doing uh, talks as it is with doing with, with, with writing in books. The difference being in a book, you don't get that feedback. You, you can't see the audience switching off. So you just have to be a bit more mindful of it, but always bear it, keep reminding the reader of why they want to learn this, remind them of what they've learned, how they're going to apply it and make it as relevant as you can to them. Because the more personally relevant it is to them, the more invested they're going to be in, in getting through to the end of it because they can see how they're going to be better off as a result. And do you ever drop in like sort of entertaining sections to obviously disrupt it a little bit just so that that keeps them engaged yeah um and that that's kind of where injecting some of your personality really comes in uh if if you're a person who to whom humor humor comes naturally then weave that humor in into the book as well if you're a person to whom humor doesn't come naturally kind of tend to steer away from that because humor it's one of those things that if you're not not very good at it and you try and force it in, it just really has the opposite. It really turns people off because it, it, it becomes jarring and it, it's like, 
oh, really? It, it just doesn't work. But if you are of a naturally humorous uh, disposition, weave them in. If you're not, you can weave in anecdotes. You can weave in stories. You can bring in examples, things just to just to make it more than just here's a list of battle dates. Memorize them. <laughs> so yeah, just um, things things that will be of interest to the to, to the reader. Things that make the reader go, oh, never thought of that. Oh, that's interesting. I can see how that works there. I suppose it's, it comes back down to your personality. If you're you're quirky yeah. or you're entertaining, use those to your benefit and then just reach out to that one person is getting clear on that like bit in conclusion and a bit of a summary is it is to get really, really clear on who you're speaking to and your own personality. Yeah. Yes, and definitely bring your personality into it. Um, I, yes, if if you are writing uh, an academic research paper, then absolutely you keep personality out of it because that's that's what's expected. Uh, injecting personality into it is 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 the wrong thing there. But for normal books, by all means, bring some of your personality into it because it's your book, and people are reading your book and they want to get the flavour of you as well. So inject your personality. Don't feel that you have to put certain types of things in it. Going back to the humor idea, because this is something which trips a lot of people up. If you're not naturally humorous or you don't feel you're naturally humorous, don't feel you have to write a joke on every page because A, it's going to fall flat. B, it's just going to make life so much harder for you because you're going to be worrying about crafting these jokes and so on. Just write naturally, put you in it, your personality, things the way that, that, that you would say them, the, the, the way that you see them and experience them. And it will flow because it will be you. Uh, the closer you get to the authentic you sharing this stuff, by all means, share stories from, from your life. Um, a few reasons for that. One, we love stories. People love stories. When you think of the, the best-selling magazines, the, the most popular TV programs, they're all soap operas or, or, or these sorts of things. We love stories. So if you illustrate points using stories from your life, stories, people are going to like it. You're sharing a bit about you, which people are going to like. They're getting to know you a bit more. You might even come across as slightly vulnerable, which people really, really get drawn to. It's like, wow, they're, they're not holding back here. Plus, the other beauty of it is when you're telling your own story, you know what happened because you were there. So you've got all the details you could possibly need. You can put whatever's needed in. And you don't have to worry about, oh, I don't know if I'm allowed to tell this story. Hey, look, it was my life. I was there. It happened to me. I'm telling it. I'm telling it the way I want to. So, yeah, just, just be you. Be naturally you. Um, bringing whatever your personality is. Bring that into your writing. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Keith. Where can people catch you? My pleasure. Uh, I'm all over the internet. I'm all over the socials. But I'll, I'll give just one single link because it's, it's always much easier. Just go to my website, keithblakemorenoble.com. You'll find all the details there. Or just search Keith Blakemore Noble on the internet. I'm blessed by having a unique name. Nobody else on the planet has this name. So if you search the name, whatever you find, good or bad, it's me. But if you want a site to go to, keithblakemorenoble.com. Brilliant. Thanks again, Keith. And that will all be in the show notes.